What is up, internet, and welcome to the Randy King Live with podcast. So this is episode one of a brand new podcast where I interview people from around the world in the self-defense slash martial arts slash combative scene. This is not like the debate show and this is not like the WTF podcast in the way that this is just a purely interview style show. So today I bring you the legendary Richard Dimitri and Pamela Armitage from studyofviolence.com. In this episode, we discuss so many amazing topics, including their new website, studyofviolence.com, and how to properly use that website, because people don't know, including myself. We also talk about the realities of self-defense, trauma-sensitive training, and how important trauma is when it comes to the self-defense world. So listen about the website, listen to our intensive talk on trauma-based training, listen to Richard and Pam's thought processes on the self-defense world and take as much information as you possibly can. And don't forget to check out studyofviolence.com when we're done. Yay. Hey, Pam, Richard, how are you doing? Well, Good. how are you? Good. That's Pam. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So everybody knows Just which one Pam is. <laughs> I appreciate that, actually. I thought you were Pam. No, so that's perfect. You clarify for some people. For some people. It's true. It's true. A guaranteed, Richard, I think, the, with the amount of material you, you two are putting out, I think Pam will lap us both anyways. Uh, what we're doing on this show, most of the reason why I wanted to bring you two on is you've released this amazing product, like unbelievably good. Uh, as a former advertising guy, also as a self-defense instructor, just the level of envy I got when I watched this, just from the production value to the content, to the fact that you're providing it for free, which is so amazing because I don't know, and let's not get too into the, the economics of it, but it didn't look like it was free to make. So, yeah. right? <laughs> Not even close. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. So why don't you why don't you walk this out? First off, I want to know why free. Ladies first. Free. We wanted to do something. We really believe in this information. And we're not in this business to to be rich or to make money. We're in it because we care and, and we've seen what violence does to people on an individual level and on a collective level as a society. I mean, you've got trauma going on left and right. There's everyone is suffering from some form of trauma and, and, and not and we really wanted to make the world to put it in a nutshell nutshell version a, a safer place and we understand there's a lot of people that can't afford they don't have access to good quality you know real self-defense what it really comes down to the human psychological aspects and we just that you know we really wanted to, to help people and, and get it out there for free and we wanted it to be a, a high quality product too to really catch attention and spread like wildfire we, we, we truly fundamentally believe that if this info gets out there it will change the world for the better and it will change individuals lives for the better and you know that's why we wanted to do it for free with no catches you know not an email there's no fine print at the bottom you know free for a month right? or anything right. it's free. there's no you got to enter your email and then get spammed with a bunch of crap. And it was just really, really, it was about the information. Which I love. And uh, Richard and Pam, you work with the same, like not every self-defense instructor works with the same demographics we work with, right? Which means yes. people that actually need it. And that's the problem. And the joke that I make a lot of the times is if you can afford my class, you probably don't need my class, right? Because like you live in a social economic area, you're probably going to be okay. You have an alarm system, et cetera. So the, the free stuff, Stuff is important. I'm in the same boat. I like to give away a lot of my time to people to help. But this was just next, next level stuff. I've never invested money into giveaway for free yet. Now I, it just makes sense and the product is so good. The website, so there's two names. So the first one I'm going to say, because I can say it, is studyofviolence.com. Then there's yeah. another way cooler name, which is, I'm not going to say it, so you're going to say it. What is it called? It's, it's Latin for, oh. for study of violence. Yeah, it's just Latin for study of violence. It's, uh, I believe it's pronounced studium violentiae. Studium <laughs> violentiae, yeah. The idea behind that was we didn't want, like we're not selling a system. Right. This isn't an art. This isn't an opinion. This isn't... I don't want to call it myopic, but a limited perspective of self-defense that comes from a bouncer or a cop or an ex-military. It's not that they don't teach self-defense. They do, but they teach 
for this a, a, a micro, niche. Yeah, it's for yeah. a specific niche. Yeah. It, it's, they don't, you know, that niche, people need it. I mean, we, we say it's for people who don't need it, but it is people who need it. Cops need to learn self-defense. Yeah, yeah. So do bouncers, so, right? But it's, it doesn't necessarily translate to the 14-year-old girl who's being abused by her grandfather. And so it doesn't even come close to that. What we wanted to do with the website is give the information to everyone that is scientifically based, resourced, accessible to them in a non-combative self-defense. Like there's no marketing there. There's no logo. Really, mm -hmm. we don't have a logo. I didn't put the, there's no branding. We're not trying to brand anything. So it's kind of like a Harvard educational course on violence prevention. And here's right. all the information. And it's, it comes in two parts. One of the big mistakes a lot of people are making, I'm noticing, and maybe we need to clarify it on the website, is they're just watching the videos, thinking it's the whole course, but they're not reading the text. They're missing a lot they're missing by out. just watching the video. <clears throat> the yeah. videos on the website are nothing but an introduction to the text, which goes much deeper, uh, really. So Interesting. So I made this mistake. So user side, I just assumed that the, the writing was just the transcript of the video. No, no, not at all. The video is an introduction on that, that specific on subject. That subject. So on this subject, this is what we're, it's kind of like a little tease. The point is watch the video and be like, holy shit. This is good. Really I can read. read everything. Get the it's course. much deeper in the, in the written content. But that's even crazier what you're providing that there's, that's the, the really okay. slick looking video is just a intro. An intro, yeah. yeah. It, you're not getting the whole course there. If you read that's, and watch the video, that's the whole course. With the exception of, of subject, um, the tool and target development and sure. foundations. Yeah, and then there's just, just video. And then the stun and run, which is strictly just video because that's- It's much more on a physical yeah, level at that point. the physical, you can't really right. write it out. <laughs> it's, it's easier to understand in video form, visual there, so. And when it's presented in the way that we're presenting it, why we invested so much in it is because we didn't want people to just come on and think it's just another chop socky self-defense site trying to, at the end of the video, sell them a course. And that's why there's no subscriptions or fees or there's no strings attached, man. That website is selling nothing. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. It's not even telling you to, oh, take a course after that. What, fuck you. It's all you get. You want more? Sure, you can head us up. But yeah. we're not selling you anything more. And we know that this information, it's, it's not arguable because <laughs> it's, you know, it's factual stuff. It's just, it's not an opinion, right? And so we believe that it's not just for the average population. We're kind of hoping every self-defense, and we know they will, and you can already see it. It's, it's people are starting to talk about trauma, uh, self-defense, personal protection, combatives has now turned into violence prevention. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's cool. I'm not, I like it. I want people to do that. That's why we're doing this. We're like, let's, guys, you need to see beyond combatants, beyond the names and the systems and the crabs and the this and the that. And you need to be able to see that self-defense is a universal human thing. And it's, it, it, it's, it's beyond style or system. And no, you can't own that. Like, we don't own anything that's on studyofviolence.com. Yeah. <laughs> it's existed since humans, <laughs> right? And, and you know, for the last three years, we've been pushing the, the trauma, the acknowledgement of trauma, and um, really trying to expand the definition of what trauma is. It's mm -hmm. more than violence, but it certainly can perpetuate into violence. So um, it, it's the cause root, it's the cause of, root of all antisocial violence. Most um, of our, yeah, our society's problems are rooted in trauma, homelessness, uh, mental health issues, addictions. addictions, it's all, you know, that domestic violence, pedophilia, everything, it's what caused all that? Trauma caused mm -hmm. all of it. So I think we as a society looking at trauma and really focusing on prevention and healing of trauma, both. I really, I know it in my heart of hearts that we can make the world a better place by focusing on that trauma. And it has to go into self-defense. It has to mean that violence prevention because as instructors, we know time and time and again, how many clients come to us after something yeah. has happened. There's trauma there right. guaranteed in every single group setting that you are teaching someone, if not every single person in that class on some level has been traumatized and it, it needs to be addressed. Trauma-sensitive teaching, I think, is a big part of the future. You're seeing it more and more and more. It's in our, our master class. It's a big part it's of a, our master class. It's a big class, part yeah. of it to, right. to really 
understand how to interact with people with trauma because there are certain things you do do and don't do and she said do 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 <laughs> i had to yeah i'm really immature it's Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Twenty four. It's great. I love it. I, I, but I don't have a twenty four seven. He has sleep. He sleep talks. It is toilet humor. So Richard, I want to jump onto something you said, and then Pam, I want to come back to you and jump on something you said about the trauma. So Richard, you've always had since I've known you, and I've only, I've only, I've known of you longer than I've known you, and you've always had this thought process of I'd rather you rip me off because at least you're giving away good information than to try to develop your own thing that's just close enough you won't get sued can you walk that out because that's the side i've taken for a while uh because uh, like i said i don't own how an elbow moves i don't own any kind of that stuff that's not right I've had this for a while since i've read about you you've always said this is yours take it what why what what is that thought process it's good shit i i do have an ego but, not but it's not that. for that i have an ego for different things but for this it's going to help people mm -hmm. I know it does. I see it. I like I, I, every week. That's why I would rather people rip me off than do that or rip off other people. I mean, right. if you're going to rip something off, rip off something that's valuable, that can work. And I always even tell people on my page, feel free to take anything you want from me that you see a valuable and share it with people. If it's going to benefit others, why the fuck would I not want you to take it right. and share it? I, but I, I'm, I'm not, I have empathy. The reason I got into this entire mess was trauma myself. Right. From my brother drowning to witnessing a whole bunch of shit and then hitting 19 and seeing a whole just, and it just sickened me. <laughs> and, you know, and so I guess on some kind of behavioral and psychological level, if I'm to self-diagnose, every person I save, I'm inadvertently saving my brother that I couldn't when I was 12, who I was right there to pretty much watch him die. You know, so I have that problem. And, and that's, that's a driving force. I'm aware of it. And that's why I don't mind people ripping me off. I don't own anything of this. Right. You know? I can own a name like the Shredder and I can, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I can't <laughs> own the concept of the Shredder. That's why I didn't want to put a name. That's why I didn't want to call it, you know, we're racking our brains. What the fucking, what are we going to put out there? I don't want it to be a name because people latch on to names and then it becomes a faction and that's the way they do it. Now, well, study of violence isn't a name. Study of violence is generic. It's what, what is it? It's the study of violence. And here's what we've come up with. Here's the research and the experience and everything. Here it is. It's, so it's not a system. It eliminates right. the emotional it, attachment. Yeah, it eliminates the emotional attachment and the branding to it. So now the information's there and everyone can take it and use it and say whatever they want. I love, it is. I love that concept. So one more question for you, Richard, because you sparked another one. I'm coming back to you, Pam. I'm not ignoring you, I promise. Your fan base doesn't quite agree with that philosophy all the time. I've seen a ton of people defend your honor online because like, oh, I don't know why they're defending your honor. You're perfectly capable of doing it, but they're white knighting Richard Dimitri for some unknown reason. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's normal and you know, yeah. but I guess, yeah. You've gone through this. You had a, a brand, you had groups that still exists. Then you kind of walked away from that a little bit. Right. Yeah. And now is it from that learning experience of seeing this happen right in front of your face? You're like, this is for everybody. And then people are like, no, it's not. It's for us with this logo. And you're like, but no, it's not. <laughs> is that like, is, was that the separation that, that caused that initial separation? It was that, that was a big part of it. And it was the way people viewed what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Like it became a thing. It became, yeah, dogmatic. It became, mm -hmm. people were like, oh, that's, that's the way Sanchito does it. I'm like, that's not the way we do it. This is fucking, it's, it's not our opinion. This, this isn't, this isn't, oh, I studied 14 arts and I made a bit of a salad for you. Here's an elbow with a joint lock and a kick <laughs> and a headbutt and a spit and a poke in the eye. And we'll call it progressive, combative, phenomenal, tactical. You know, it's, there's, there's like a, a dime a dozen. Everybody's got like two, three black belts and they're coming out and making salad. We've got billions of systems. Yeah. And they all the same. If, if you look at every single one of them, it's the same fucking shit being repeated with, you know, a bit of an E and an E and an E and that's it. There's an yeah. I'm looking for, what the fuck is that? It's not our way. And so 
Now there is no way. You can't go, this is the study of violence method. It's not a method, is it? It's the study of violence. This, this yeah. is from behavioral psychology in relation to human. human. It's a 22 different countries of human beings doing this and looking at the manifestation of their physical acts compared to what all the experts have said, not the Lee Morrisons of the world and the Tony Blau. I'm the real experts in violence and psychology, right? The people out there in the scientific community doing the research and the work and the, right, and the traumas and the, all that stuff. And how people do things, right? And then when you match and you go, wow, fuck, they're right. You, yeah. you can't, you can't, how do you go? No, that's not true. It's yeah. fact now. And so it's not my way of doing it. I didn't come up with economy of motion, non-telegraphic movement, right. closest weapon, closest target. These, I didn't create that. Yeah. But I went, oh, wait, when you actually apply them, here's what you get. Yeah. Look, people. That's what happens when you apply these things. Oh, that's just the sense No, that's what happens when any human being applies it. it. I don't care if you're a midget, a six foot 12, a girl, a guy, uh, in between the two, it doesn't matter. It's human. <laughs> and so self-defense and violence prevention is human. Yeah. It's not stylistic, systematic, methodical in nature. It's so fucking gray, it's unbelievable. So we have to be able to look at the common generalities of every human being. Now, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. Some people make karate work and Taekwondo work and fucking yeah. whatever. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying like all the other stuff doesn't work. It works for what it is. But yeah. people don't understand what it is, and they go, "Oh, it's that." No, it's not that. It's this. So you're going in learning ping pong, but you think you're learning tennis. There's nothing wrong with ping pong, but you're not learning what you think you're learning. Right. <laughs> that's all and so people need to know and that's why it's free and no labels and no fucking nothing it's like here it is take it steal it use it you can that's say you got it from studyofviolence.com or fucking lie and say you came up with it yourself or if you did come up with it yourself good for you just oh, better, the just better the world better the world do it i don't care either way I don't have a dog invested in this fight by any means. Right. I'm not even betting on any dog in the fight. <laughs> As I say, I'm here for the entertainment value of it, and I'm going to give away the best possible information I can. And yes, I have to eat. We got to eat. We got to pay the rent. And that's why we're not giving it absolutely the entirety in a way, which you can't. It's impossible on a website. Yeah. So if people want more than what's on that website, which is already tremendous, and probably, generally speaking, most of the general population won't really ever need more than that. Yeah. But if they do, we've got master classes and online courses coming up that you will pay for it. Yeah. Awesome. And that, and that just makes sense. And I love because you're giving away so much for free. That is good. There's another place to go. And I like your analysis of it's just human nature, right? We don't pay the Newton family every time we jump and then the gravity pulls us back down a quarter because of gravity, right? That's just not, oh, that's just not how it works. So no. I, I totally, I totally agree with that assessment. The Newton family figured out a way to fucking, <laughs> no, to twist gravity where you can float for 30 seconds and you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you can break the rules for sure, that's you pay for that, but you know, don't pay right. for the rules that exist in nature. That yeah. makes sense. Pam. <laughs> You were talking about trauma awareness. Now, this is really interesting to me because I'm going to say I stumbled upon trauma type of teaching only because I try to be good at my job. Now, I am, I'm not a small human being, nor am I a weak human being. I'm six foot one. I'm a big dude, and I'm not unconfident. So when I was teaching people not like me the way that I would do something, I found a disconnect in like, well, why don't you just... Why don't you just become, uh, why don't you just gain 200 pounds, little person? It'll be easier. Trust me, Bro, way easier to be a big, straight male than anything else. Why didn't you pick that? So, yeah. And that's one of the issues we have. Sorry to interrupt you. So many self-defense instructors. Yeah, I agree. That they teach it from that basis. They only look at their own perspective. Their own right. Learn to hit fucking hard. That's the most self-limiting, imposing and irresponsible. And it's irresponsible because you're telling gener the general population they that if you're not big people. and strong and got tattoos and you're a fucking brute, yeah. Yeah. No. I agree 100% with that. So, but in that, in that, in my learning curve of what I was like, I need to adapt this because I'm not doing what I wanted to do. This is when I started experiencing those trauma, traumatic backlash type situations. And I had to research more on the trauma stuff, especially mm -hmm. when I was working um, on some First Nations reserves, right? The, yeah. the level of trauma there is 
prevalent every single person prevalent. yeah it's bad and like the stories were like so my my big claim to fame which makes people listen to me was i was stabbed a couple of times that's my big like oh randy was stabbed let's listen to him which is dumb listen to the guy that didn't get stabbed makes way more sense but i got stabbed <laughs> a couple of times happened to you bro that's that's shitty not fun it was rough. It was a, there was a depression cycle for about a year. It was a bad time. But when I go on the, like when I teach corporate, they're like stabbed. Ooh. And then when I go on the reserve, they're like, how many times? And we share stories. Like it's a different, it's just a different environment. Right. So it's pretty- right. right. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a very vastly different group, two different groups. Oh, right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is where I started bumping into that trauma stuff. And uh, I, I, there's actually a really, I don't know if you saw it, but I, af- I actually traumatized somebody who I didn't mean to. And I did a video of it right after it happened. I'm very emotional because I, I made an assumption. The assumption was the guy was a huge dude. I'm like, he's going to be fine, masculine, blah, blah, blah. I put yeah. him in a situation where I'm like, okay, we're going to practice some ground defense. And I guess his sister was murdered in the exact same position I made him replicate. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God. Like When I first started, and I'm going to go through all of my mistakes because I'm going to bring you to my question. When I first started, trauma was for little people that could easily get traumatized but not people like me that's crazy even though i've been traumatized so it's a whole bunch of issues there then i come that's to- such a common thing <laughs> yeah so then there comes to this next situation where i take this person who i assume he's bigger and stronger than me which i then put this false sense of title power yeah. on then yeah. i make him replicate the situation his sister was murdered in and then he tells me after and so this changed my entire view on this and I started becoming much more, I wouldn't say quite trauma aware as I'm sure you two are, but I started really focusing on like, this is how it is. This is, you can't like, don't learn what I do, do what you do. Pam, what I'm asked, why that long question was, how did you uncover this? Like, did you start right out like super empathic and realize trauma was there? Did you stumble upon realizing that there was a hole in the game with this? Like, what was your path to this? So my path into trauma began before I was involved in the self-defense world, before I learned, I got certified before that was even part of my life. Right. Um, My sister was traumatized multiple times. She was molested by her best friend's brother when she was 11. He was 14. She never told anyone about it. And we were a very, very close family. Clammed up. She didn't want to get him in trouble. She kept it to herself. That is going to grow and manifest. You can't pretend something like that didn't happen. And then, you know, she started experimenting, you know, rebelling, experimenting with, with different substances. She unfortunately, which is very uncommon in victims of sexual abuse or rape, uh, if they don't deal with it on a therapeutic level, she was assaulted again. It's very common to be assaulted again if you don't deal with that. Over 80% of the time, actually, yeah, it's victims about, of sexual it's assault 80 to 87% rape. of the really? time, they will be re-victimized will be again re-victimized if, if they do not deal with deal it, with it. They're on a therapeutic level. Oh my God. They okay. don't deal with the psychological trauma. So, the vic- sorry, sorry, because just to stay on that point, the victim behavior of the individual, if it's not taken care of, it seeps well, out. It seeps out. Yeah. So, predators sniff it. Yeah. And so, they, they're attracted to them and they know just, on an intuitive level. Just like a bully knows who he can bully and not bully, or right. he or she, it's no different. They know. Right. And unfortunately, because uh, she never dealt with that, she was uh, raped a second time and a third time. Her substance abuse went from dabbling here, here and there into heroin addiction. And she became addicted to heroin. She struggled with that for probably a decade. So I, trauma was a big part of my life for a, a long time. My sister and I were very, very close. My mother also went through trauma. My grandmother, lots of friends. It was just and being an empath, I'm very empathetic. I have a lot of empathy. I can literally feel the emotions of other people. I was very aware of trauma from a very young age, but what happens, the manifestations of it, I myself am, have been traumatized from abusive relationships and, and grief and loss. My lost my sister. She died of a heroin overdose on December 23rd and 15. I'm when so that happened, that, by the way. Thank you. Before, that she, before my family lost her, before she passed, I had been, in the two years before that, about a year and a half, two years before that, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. And yoga was a, a huge help for me in meditation. And I fell so deeply in love with yoga because it helped me so much with the anxiety that I wanted to become a teacher. And I, But I was very picky and specific. I didn't want to just become, you know, get any kind of certification from anywhere I wanted 
to go into a program that focused and specialized on or had a trauma aspect of it, trauma sensitive teaching. And this is back in like, you know, 2013, 14. And I couldn't find anything. There was literally nothing. No one was talking about trauma sensitive teaching unless you're in healthcare, for example, mm -hmm. not, not in, in the yoga world or anything. They weren't talking about it. They were talking about how it helps with anxiety and that, but there was no trauma sensitive teaching because I wanted to focus on helping people with mental health issues and domestic violence um, survivors and, and sexual assault survivors, all that. So after, and I, I struggled, I couldn't find any, anything. The day she died around Christmas. So because of around Christmas, my family, we put her service on hold because it was Christmas. We right. didn't want to you know and people could, wouldn't be able to come to the service. So we had it in early January. The day after her service, I woke up in the morning with Czech Victoria, which is where my parents live and where she lived for teaching, yoga teaching here. So I just, it was in my head when I woke up and I just happened to Google. And the first thing that came up was Ramada Yoga School, which is through, uh, was through the Yoga Den in Victoria and Fernwood, Fernwood Yoga Den, which is two blocks from my parents' house. They're, they're trauma-sensitive teaching. The owner is, you know, social worker. She's a yoga teacher. And that's where, where I enrolled. I enrolled right away with them. I got my certification there, focused more. I just devoured as much info as I could on, on trauma. And I saw how prevalent it is that it's beyond a you know shock shell for example soldiers cops say everyone hears ptsd they think soldiers cops and the like but it's 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 beyond way beyond that majority of the population are suffering from some sort of psychological trauma um, a quarter of the population yeah it's a lot and Pam, so, can i interrupt you for one second course, yeah. okay ptsd is one of my biggest click words because people use it wrong all the time and it drives yes. me it drives me insane so i think it yes. just kind of bears bringing this up for this conversation i don't know if you read like three months ago i had a fire i lost my apartment yeah so that's actually my second apartment fire that i've been in because i'm super lucky everybody when i had the fire kept being like oh you must have ptsd i'm like no, it just happened. I have acute stress response, which is the normal thing to have right now in this situation. Yeah, a but month or two length. Exactly, yeah. So a month or two, I've heard different numbers, month or two, three, six months, whatever, X amount of time after the event. But they were using it wrong in the aspect that because that one event I had PTSD, I didn't. But I did have PTSD from the fire when I was five, all the stuff that I repressed, right? That I thought I worked through, that I thought I dealt with, or I sweated out or punched out or whatever method I used, boozed it out when I was younger, right? I thought I had that gone. And all of a sudden that PTSD came up. So I just think it's important. And if you want to put your own spin on this, it's important to understand that telling people they're already in post-traumatic stress when they're in the shit is kind of wrong. And also yes. is putting a label on them that they don't, they shouldn't have yet. Like let it happen. Exactly. Go ahead. It needs to be diagnosed. You have yes. to be diagnosed you with that. Just, this isn't oh, shocking. I know why, but you need to be diagnosed with that. Beyond Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Uh, you know, I just, you, it, it's something that has to be diagnosed. You're right. It's not something, it happens instantly you have it. It's, yeah. There's the acute stress that you go through first and that's, there's varying timelines for sure. But it's something that after that short period of time, post the incident. Yeah. Um, it's in the name. It's right there. <laughs> you're triggered. You're right. It's, you have anxiety, depression. It's, it's yeah. you're losing it. These are symptoms of it. But again, it, you have to be diagnosed with something like that. We have to be careful about throwing that term around for sure. I agree. And if someone can have trauma mm -hmm. and have psychological trauma, it doesn't mean that it's they have PTSD. PTSD. That, yeah. that's not, they're not the same thing. You know, not everybody with trauma has PTSD, but everybody with PTSD has trauma. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And thank you for pointing that out because that absolutely oh, no. it is important to, to be careful with our language. Language matters. Yes. It really does matter. And how we communicate and, you know, how loosely we use certain terms or, you know, don't <laughs> and what terms we use and the like. But yeah. And then as far as, I devoured the trauma stuff and then I met Rich and I, and, uh, you know, I got into um, the self-defense world and I realized, you know, trauma, if trauma was my purpose to deal with it and bring attention to it and shine light on it and there's the healing aspect, which I focused on, now I had another part that absolutely empowers and can help right. heal. Self-defense is even something that therapists will recommend to 
survivors of sexual assault and rape after a certain point is to get your power back, take self-defense. Right. That's something that they recommend um, frequently, a lot of them. It was also a prevention thing. I just, the light bulb went off. It was like, okay, I can help heal through the yoga and meditation and, and, you know, all kinds of tools that are out there and also help prevent and also empower with this. It was just, they melted and and beautifully together. So, and I just want to say that, that a really good source that I'd really recommend everyone to look into, whether you think you have trauma or not, look into her. Her name's Dr. Nicole LaPera. She's known as the holistic psychologist. You can find her on Facebook and, and Instagram. I share a ton of her stuff. She is groundbreaking on on the self-healing world and really trying to expand the definition of trauma and and that it's all rooted a lot of it in childhood as well as Gabor Mate's uh, When the Body Says No. Really important book. I think everyone should read. You were talking about repression just a little while ago, repressing things. Read his book, When the Body Says No. It's unbelievable. Couldn't put it down. That's awesome. And I love love this because I love the work you're doing is so important and it's something that i've been trying to do but it's just when more people are doing it there's more resources doing it and so like i get to learn and feed i really like the angle that you're both taking on this and that's why i really wanted to have you on the show mostly for the selfish reasons i wanted to talk to you about it this is the best part of having a podcast it's like hey world known instructors come chat with me for no reason i think this is really important <laughs> I think this is important stuff. So what, what courses are available right now on study of violence? There's five courses presently on the yes. website. There's the foundations of violence, literally on well the- named then. All right. That makes sense. Right. It is what it says. It, it is, is what it says. It what it sounds like. And that's for human beings. Anyone. All walks of life. Yeah. Cause cool. we get a lot of questions, you know, what about self-defense for nurses? Yeah. Are they human? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What about the kids? It doesn't like you don't change a move because a person has a different. Oh, you're wearing scrubs. Oh, well, that changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) But that's but that's such a fundamental way that the general public views what we do, right? People like to put things in boxes. It's Mm -hmm. really like I need labels in boxes because it makes me feel safe, and there's no labels here. Right. Um, then we have a, a course on um, kids for parents, parents and kids together. Like if kids are young, all the way up until the age of more or less reason, seven, eight, nine-ish, okay. um, where they can go into the bully prevention program on their own, perhaps with a parent. But the parents and kids course deals with just every aspect of you know, self-defense for children. And we mm-hmm. talk a lot about the- From abuse and to kidnapping. And even communication. Parents and kids, right? Having open line, safe, trusting relationships with your kids because they're going to come to you and tell you this happened to me. I think this is so important. This word gets used incorrectly a lot, but I'm going to use it anyways. I love the holistic approach. You're including like, oh, people use words when they communicate instead of just kicking and punching and, you know, they're going to do this and that. And like, I love the spectrum that you're, like you said, you're not doing a myopic, you're doing a macro view of this. And it's really, it's people say that all the time but you're actually doing that, right? Because you're including, like you said, communication, like, okay, what to say, how to get feedback loops, how to open up lines, which is going to be way more in the world. Most in the world, most of my clients live in the least first world. That's going to be way more important than honestly, the physical skills, right? 99% of the time they're going to be using what's on studyofviolence.com. Even if it's just with their family members, an argument with a spouse, how to raise a child or talk to a child, how to, they're going to understand violence from a whole new perspective. We've awakened people to realize that, oh my God, one of my family members that I live with has suffers from narcissistic personality disorder. Right. Yeah. You know, because there's 12 point, you know, and so there it's it's a whole manifestation, a really deep dive. And we barely get into the punching and the kicking on that website. We literally get into the very tool, nuts and bolts, just kind of like a taste of it. If things get a little crazier, you go. But 99% of the time, the general population find themselves in non-physical, violent conflicts, if you will. And the information on that website can help somebody deal with anything from a sadistic serial killer to an abusive family member down to just an argument with a 
loved ones so that it doesn't turn out you didn't talk to your sibling for 10 years because they moved your car without asking your permission. <laughs> um, because it's so much deeper than that. And it also gives people a perspective and understanding that the bad guy is not evil. Oh, they're evil. They're monsters. Or a stranger. No. That it's a stranger. They're right. Such a myth. Time, Such a, a myth. Yeah. And so there's the whole know thy enemy aspect that so many preach about, but that's about where it ends. Know thy enemy. How the fuck do I do that? Invite him for tea and crumpets? It's not about <laughs> that, right? It's about understanding how these people function, why they do what they do. How did we get to this point? Why do people do these things? Right. What is the origin point? If we demystify that for people, that takes away their fear by proxy of the individual. They don't view the person as a predator anymore, but more as a damaged individual who is capable of very, very despicable, horrific things. And yeah. so that takes, that helps in fear man management and manifestation of your own abilities to view the individual as an obstacle <laughs> now, as opposed to a threat. Along with the mindset course that we offer, which was at the third course, we have an anti-bullying course, and, and we have a awareness. complete awareness course. So we got foundation of violence, complete awareness, mindset, bullying, and one more, tools and targeting? No, no, parents, parents and, and kids. And kids. Oh, so anti-bullying and parents and kids are different classes. Yeah, yeah. anti-bullying is strictly anti-bullying and it can literally not, it's not just for teenagers. Right. Adults get bullied at of work. Of course. You carry a bully, you can, so it helps deal Friends with, that, are with that type of behavior. The bully doesn't end in high school. Specifically, right. whereas the parents and kids also dealing with bullying, but also deals with everything else from abductions to abuse home safety if you're home alone do you answer the door for the right. service man that's there how to deal all kinds of awareness we also include in the parents and kids safety questions for the parents and kids to ask each other oh, do cool. you know what would you do in this situation and to yeah. interactive and discuss with each other yeah what, what that's about so and i was just going to point out too that it can bring people to the realization that a family member is is narcissistic or being mm -hmm. abusive we had a student we had several um, students several but students, one in particular one in particular uh here in montreal who she graduated this year we worked with her this year as well as last year and she said when she first took her course the first year she realized through our teachings that both her parents are extreme narcissists mm -hmm. and that she had been being emotionally and psychologically abused for right. her entire life and I she had no idea and she quietly secretly started getting counseling for it to to address it and she came up to us after the first class the second year with her and and shared that with with us she said you wow. you changed, changed my life, life. We, you changed my life She's like, my, just in the few counseling sessions, she lucked out and found a really great therapist right away. Cool. Um, but she said, I already know how to detach from them, but I, could, I still have to engage because I'm 17 and live at home with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm kind of stuck there, but now I know how to, what tools to have to not let it affect me and that, you know, my thinking patterns and aware self-awareness and the fact that we were able to help her with that at such a young age. Is that yeah. not self-defense? That's yeah, 100%, 100% it is. I agree. Imagine that. She didn't kick him in the nuts. She didn't learn to hit fucking hard. Yeah. She's, how? She's no pad work. She's, oh my God. How did she manage? She, she changed the, the course of the path of her life just from that little bit of info to recognizing that the people in her life were hurting her and she didn't even know what kinds of people they are. Right. And I mean, had she not taken that, she would have ended up just like them. Mm -hmm. Or she would have yeah. ended up in multi, you know, abusive relationships, and and God knows what else she, lack of love, what 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 she would have turned to. Thirty-three right? to seventy-seven percent of children so, who are abused, yeah. and a lot of people look at that just physical and sexual, not just that, like what she was going through, right? Become abusers themselves because they don't realize it, they don't know. Right. That's the upbringing, so they manifest it, and and that's the cycle. I have three questions that I want to ask because you guys, you're, you're just dropping gold and I think the listeners need more on a bunch of this stuff. So I, the first thing, but Richard, you just, go to the website for free on this. So you said, and I actually wrote it down because uh, Pam kind of mentioned it, but you said it here. So I think it links well. Some abusers don't even know they're being abusive. No, they don't. They don't realize it. Right. Because it's, they, they don't like an ex a narcissist 
doesn't know they're a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them feel remorse for the way they acted. Because they're extreme narcissistic, they can't assume the guilt. Specific, uh, they can't assume yeah. the responsibility, so they become extra nice to you. Right. By virtue of being guilty. To be clear, emotional abuse. Right. Yeah, physical or, abusers, sexual abusers, psych even psychological is, yeah, is, is specific, specific yeah. and targeted. Okay. But emotional abuse right. is something like you're living on eggshells. It's like a cycle of they're in a really good mood, really good mood. Something set them up and they, they're punching holes in the wall and throwing things road and rage, road rage and, right. and rushing with anger and that's you live with that for years fucks with your head yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm testament to that right you know that's where my general anxiety disorder my trauma a lot of it aside from loss and grief comes from is emotional abuse right um, and it's that's the most common form of abuse they don't know they're doing it it's it's a lack of coping mechanisms they were never taught lack of education as a child how to express themselves they were never taught how to deal with anger right. so they, were, they were never felt seen or heard they don't know how to deal with it so they lash out they don't know how can can't handle the emotions and thoughts going on in their heads so right. it's like a volcano and erupts something as simple as even a, a father who every time his kid does something stupid, let's say, you know, gives him a little light tap on the head and as a joke, yeah, moron, yeah. you know? You go through 12 years of that. Yeah. That's emotionally abusive. Like, you don't realize it, I'm, but I was only joking. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? That's a Three kid. times a week, four times a week, starting at the age of seven, moron, yeah. moron, you know? So you start to believe it. Yeah. And it's coming from who? It's coming from... The person that you you visualize as your idol, your yeah. god, right. it's my father. He's calling me a moron every day. So I know he's joking, but it's still emotional abuse at the end of the day. Right. And that's that's not voluntary, right? He's not doing it to hurt his child. He's just right. not. Road rage is emotional abuse. If you're sitting in a car with somebody who's road raging and you live with that person, every time you're forced to be in the car like a child right. who has a father who road rages, it's the child who's getting the brunt of it, not the other people in the car. Now, I know he's not yelling at the kid, but the kid has to watch his dad. Fucking piece of shit, you fucking cut. Learn how to drive, you cocksucker. What's the kid learning? And they got his wife sitting there. So every time they got to go for a car ride, there's a mini anxiety attack, isn't there? Right. <laughs> you yeah. don't even know why. You don't even realize you're having it. You're just not enjoying car rides. If you live on eggshells, you're, so, there's, the, there's emotional abuse going on. And some, it might be on a small that's level, or, but you, those small levels every day over an extended amount of time, it's quite a large amount of eggshell. That is such a good metric, such a simple, easy to understand metric for people to, to digest, right? If you feel like you're living on eggshells or some kind of abuse, that's, I've never heard it phrased like that. That is amazing. That's actually gonna be the quote for the show. Well, the reason we, that's what we did with everything that we researched and scientifically figured out. It comes in a certain lingo that the average layman like won't comprehend without, holy shit, a thesaurus. Right. Uh, so we literally had to take it and break it down and edit it and re-edit it six million times in a way that anyone can, anyone understand. can understand it. Or right. at least you can explain it to somebody next to you and go, oh, no, it's that. We've had some experts even come out and disagree with us, sure. um, which is fine yeah. because everyone has their way of doing it that they feel reaches the public more. It's not that their way is wrong or ours is wrong. It's this that uh, because both are, based, are still based on the facts yeah. in terms of the labels of you know referring to somebody as a sociopath or a psychopath because you know well it's, 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 simplified. it's, sim it's simplified. simplified it's oversimplified because these if are not started, actual terms yeah and if you started quoting the dsm my god people are going to be like i'm lost and you're going to well, lose yeah, them right. and they're not, not going to going to keep reading and learning and they're not going to continue with it because it's they well you lost me i'm done so we just brought it down to a lingo that they can understand right. differentiate for the purpose of learning and going oh okay well if a person doesn't have empathy, it's antisocial violent behavior. That they're not either capable or they were born, right? So that person I can't defuse. This is how I deal with them. Well, this person showed some empathy here. So when I said that, the behavior kind of changed. Mm -hmm. So it's about recognition of behavioral patterns and differentiation right. using the terms because they're so used and prevalent in yeah. social media. And so even in film and detectives mm -hmm. and fucking you watch Law and Order, sociopathy, right? So the public already has an identification problem. Now, what we're trying to do is educate them on these people so yeah. they don't see them as these evil monsters that are only defeatable by the kung fu cops and as individuals that we can break down and go, okay, and we even explain to them that, hey, these are not 
we, we tell them too, these are not, you know, definitive terms. These mm. are based on certain diagnosis of certain behavioral yeah. types, so that they're not necessarily, but we explain it to you so that when you get to the point of somebody's in my face, I got to know how to act and figure out a strategy. What am I dealing with? Yeah. Does this person have empathy or not? Is it a good person having a bad day or am I dealing with a bad guy? What's the bad guy? Antisocial behavioral type that generally, I mean, there's about eight or 10 categories or 12. But we broke it down to generally five, the narcissist, the Machiavellian, the sociopath, the psychopath, because those are the most general ones that people can associate, understand, yeah. and they have that variety of enough differential types of behaviors and actions that you can actually split the two and go, okay, this is what I'm most probably dealing with. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the most important aspect is for that person to get back home. Right. It's not about them becoming psychiatrists, therapists, or uh, you know, by far going out and learning the DSM, nor is it about having to learn fuck, to hit, again, fucking hard. Although that does come down to a point where we do need to, you know, the physical aspect is definitely a critical portion of it, obviously, but 90% of the time, the vast majority of the human population won't get there. And yeah. if they do, the vast majority of the human population isn't going to perform what they learned in their martial arts classes, unless right. it's a social violence situation gone wrong. Then they right. can do their knees and their elbows and their smashes. Mm -hmm. But if it's an anti-social violence situation, from our research, from what we've seen so far today, up to now, literally less than 1% of the general population are capable of using any of the shit they ever fucking learned in terms of, man, you don't remember your left from your right. You don't, you're right. It doesn't click. Right? I love what you're saying. I agree. I love that you're pointing out that like, I say this in my predatory deep dive class, whatever predators aren't, or asocial and social people aren't just people live in caves, come out predate and go back into a cave. They have socialized oh, all this other yeah. stuff they have to do. Right. They're human beings. Yes, exactly. So yeah, there's, they have lives. Yeah. The next thing, so I want to ask Pam this question. Pam, we've been talking about empathy a lot, and I think I also suffer from a lot of empathy, and I think suffer might be the wrong word, but sometimes it feels like that. Um, and so I think that's what's made me pivot from like the cool macho stuff to like the trauma-y type stuff. Instructors with empathy seem to be going this manner. Instructors without empathy seem to be going the old school and fighting this new movement. It seems like, in my opinion uh, alone, right? How do we, as clients, identify an instructor with true empathy? Or is there even a way? Because if you get the wrong instructor and they're just like, but listen, listen here, if you just do what I do, trust me, I survived 800 fights in Vietnam or whatever bullshit they're saying, right? <laughs> like, if, if they're not like taking a hard look and actually trying to be good at their job and not just be revered as a person, because you're seeing this a lot where people, are, I think they're fighting this. And this is the real stuff, in my opinion, because I'm trying to help the people I talk to and they're having much different lives. So do you have maybe nothing, maybe not as succinct as the eggshell analogy, which I love, but is there something you have that like looking for habits in your instructor? Cause like you said, you're the person found a good therapist, but not all therapists are good. Just no. going to a self-defense class doesn't necessarily yeah, yeah. A predator who's now going to predate on you in that class. Do you have, or are you working on like a identification system for people? Cause I think that'd be valuable. Our master class that we do includes a trauma sensitive teaching portion. Sure. So we go into what trauma sensitive teaching is or trauma informed, if you want to call it that, Right. how you should interact, what triggers are. It's very, a lot of it, honestly speaking, is trial and error with right. teaching because every individual is different. What triggers one individual is not going to trigger the next and right. how they react to triggers, one, they're going to react differently. So it's very, very personal. It's very individual, but there are very certain, there are certain things when you are starting a class that matter. And this is a very nutshell, nutshell, nutshell version of it, but right. you always preface the class with where the exits are and make them feel safe. You establish a safe environment immediately right off the bat. Cool. It's important to try and remain a little bit detached though. Yeah. Your empathy can end up causing problems. If you, <laughs> yep. like, I'm a very affectionate person, I'm a hugger. Yeah. But you don't hug someone who just, you know, maybe for the first time revealed right. to you something happened to them. And no touch is, is generally the way to go. You don't touch. You don't, right? Even though it's your, as an empath, that's your first initial instinct is, oh, my God, you want to just hold that person and hug them. But that's the last thing that they want. That can be very triggering, right? right. So 
it comes down to understanding body language. I would really, really recommend that you look in your area for trauma-sensitive teaching. Yeah. Um, even if it's online, there's I mean, online things that you can learn. The healthcare has a ton of trauma-informed manuals, if you will. That's more for patient stuff, but a lot of it can kind of translate into it. It's very important. The ones that are don't think it matters, well, they don't have empathy or they're very limited empathy or they are traumatized themselves and they have a huge brick wall up and I'm not, I have my own trauma. I'm not dealing with anyone else's trauma. Well, and that's subconscious too. That's that's not, it can be subconscious. Absolutely. Our, sub, not aware our subconscious is, is in control a lot of the time. Right. We're on autopilot <laughs> right? so a lot of the time. And, and it, if it is too difficult for someone to self-observe and be self-aware and self-reflect, if you're not capable of doing that at all and looking at your dark side, your shadow side, and, and then there's an issue there. You're, you're, you're really going to be limited in life. So as far as the trauma teaching goes, I would really recommend everyone get trauma-sensitive teaching education. It's really important. So, and again, a lot of it, you can have all the training and, and education in the world and still it comes down to experience. Yeah. Right. So I've been doing it for years and I've devoured this stuff and I still have, you know, said the wrong thing or, or afterwards I'm like, fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. <laughs> no, I've I'm been there. I've totally been there. I get that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm like, you know better. You know better, but you have to shut the judge in your head up sometimes, right? That yeah. we all have that judge in our head that tells us you're a fuck up and you should know better. <laughs> you're still human and you're, you're always a student. I think yeah. that's important too. Even as a teacher, you're still always a student. That's what makes a good teacher a good teacher. Yeah. That you're always a student. There's I always agree. room to move and learn and all that stuff. Okay, I've kept you for almost an hour and I still have another segment I want to do, but I have one more question. Do you still have time? Is that okay? Last question, Richard, I'm going to throw it at you because even though Pam brought it up, this has been something I've been trying to puzzle through my head. So there's this old saying that you're going to perform how you train. Now, I think that saying has been taken too far off the rails. And what sparked this question is when Pam said, if you're fighting in scrubs, it's not that much different than not fighting in scrubs, right? But there is definitely a camp of people who are not, not known, who are saying like, if you don't train in jeans every day or blah, 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 like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I don't believe, at least from my experience, you become an automaton and just default to your training. Oh, now I must only do these false things, right? But also, is there some value to training? I think obviously there's lots, but like, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the, you perform as you train? So if you like, if you wrestle, you're only going to wrestle. You're not going to be able to cheat or change your tactics in a real situation. It's very dependent on the individual sure. and how long they have to train, how long they've trained. It's not an impossibility, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to go and say, you know, mixed martial arts isn't going to help you in a right. because it's helped many people. But what was the situation? Mm -hmm. It's good for specific kinds of situations, right. but it's not going to help you in many others. It's not, there's no totality. There's not, it's not holistic. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of self-defense. You teach portions of it. If this was auto mechanics, you've got a whole car and mixed martial arts, you know, it's the four tires or something. It's sure. the steering, you know, it makes the car. It, yeah, you can use it to make the car, but on its own, it's not going to be, it's not for everyone. We've had countless, again, 14 year old girls who defended themselves against unbelievable fucking odds. The most recently she had to defend mm -hmm. herself against one of my students, her, her aunt's boyfriend. boyfriend, who they were together for two years. He was an amateur mixed martial arts fighter zip tied her hands he tried to violently rape and kill her right after he beat her aunt to death with a hammer he enters the room at one o'clock in the morning she wakes up this is two months after taking her course with him right i went through safe international she wakes up in the middle of the night to that he jumps on top of her throws her to the ground she bangs her head and he gets on top of her long story short first you're looking at the environment yeah. so the buck and roll became impossible for her i don't care if you did ten thousand years of brazilian jiu-jitsu you're between a wall and a bed mm -hmm. with the person top of you who outweighs you by over 80 pounds and is an adult male and you just woke up and your head just got smashed and he was high on and he was high on all shit. kinds of shit high as a zip ties her hands and starts to violently beat her literally and rape her and so she fights like the fucking devil and she she starts to go under and all she wants to do is fucking die 
but she doesn't give up. All she remembers is if, if I don't get this person off, I don't hug my parents again. And that's right. all she remembered from the four to five hours was the mindset, eyes throat, eyes throat, debilitate, don't stop until either you are here dead. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what she did. And she survived and he died. Right. And so at the end of the situation, she's 14 years old with four hours of training and a 60 second mock attack with a guy in a suit that she reluctantly wanted to do because she was shy and meek. She would only do it if, if it was so, just me, her teacher, and our mock attacker. Okay. Only way she would do it. The only way. So, you she's know. She's 95 pounds. She's 5'8", my height, and 95 pounds. Right. She's she comes out of it and she credits the course. She goes, I'm not taking this course. I fucking, there's no way. But wow. she states what she remembers. Mm -hmm. Now, you, in that situation, you're not going to remember your left from your right. You're not going to remember a move or a technique or a buck and a roll or plus the guy's a trained mixed martial arts fighter. So yeah. if an adult trained mixed martial arts amateur fighter is trying to rape and brutally kill, who's in full predator mode, a 14-year-old girl who had only four hours of self-defense training, yeah. and she succeeds and he doesn't. Whereas two minutes ago, her aunt, who was wide awake when he started to attack her, couldn't defend herself. Right. And she did, and she took a course. What does that tell us about what self-defense is? Now, had she taken any other fucking course, Krav Maga and learned 50 knees and punches, she would fucking be dead. Mm -hmm. There's no about it, unless they were teaching what we were teaching, mm -hmm. which they claim to do, but they don't, because we all see it. In the four hours we work with her, I did maybe, we do maybe an hour and a half of physical stuff, hit the pads, a few palm strikes. It's the mindset which allowed her to survive. So it's not about the art or the move. You could train, and it's whether it's going to come to you or not mm -hmm. through muscle memory or neural fucking muscular program or whatever it is. It might, it might not. It depends on how often you train and the nature of a situation. Now, if you're constantly training for social violence situations where you're hammer fisting, knocking out people, elbow, and blah, 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 yeah, that's going to come out. That's going to come out in a social violence situation. But all of a sudden, a guy's got a knife at your neck, like so many people who have trained, even right. from the mixed martial arts aspect, but all of a sudden, when the knife came out, they fucking either got stabbed. It failed. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, we never did that. Right. So, to a degree, yes, the training... The closer your training resembles the reality of what you may encounter, the better you're going to perform by proxy. So let's say you had a, in, if I tell you, Randy, in three months you have a basketball game, championship fucking bout, you've got to fucking train. Are you going to go and play baseball? No, obviously not. No. Right. Yeah. Are you going to go swimming? Are no. you going to play dodgeball? What are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to probably play basketball. basketball. Yeah, probably. Okay. okay. <laughs> if I want to learn self-defense, as a totality, I have to learn, I have to learn every aspect. Mm -hmm. So that's why we can't call it self-defense because self-defense is limiting. I teach self-defense, well, to whom, what kind? Is it for bouncers? Is it specifically targeted to mixed martial artists? Is it for social violence situations? Do you, is it just women self-defense? Like, or do you teach violence prevention where, fuck, I teach everyone. I cover the whole spectrum, man. Why? Right. Because it's, self, it's, it's violence where it's human. Mm -hmm. So what do we, we teach? Prevention, awareness, understanding, law, moral, ethic, the revenge factor, what happens after. Do you realize what happens if you learn to punch fucking hard and you knock the guy out, he hits his head on a stool and he dies? Yeah, that's six years. Yeah. That happened though. 19 years old, he punched the guy in the face in a bar fight over a spilled drink. He fell down, bangs his head, the guy dies. Yep. Turns out he's gay. Oh, we got to tag on seven years. Hate, hate crime. crime. Oh, my so God. Totally twisted it and made it into a one so fight. It was not. Learn to hit fucking hard is irresponsible to yeah. teach people that. It's, it's sadly irresponsible in right. today's world with mm -hmm. CCTV cameras and witnesses. If you don't understand violence prevention and self-defense from a legal perspective as to where you live, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You're teaching it to people. You're, you're teaching them to kill people, to, to potentially put somebody in a coma or render them a paraplegic over what? A parking spot? Oh, yeah. hey, looking at my girlfriend? Because these guys don't train, oh, the grandfather abusing the nine-year-old. No. They can't. They're not there. It's, right. it's like, I get it. I was there, yeah. but it's a bit more than right? Yeah. Yes and no. That's no, that's good. That's a great answer to the question. I experienced a one hit kill as well. I didn't do it, but I was working in a bar when a guy punched the guy and we actually, we moved the body. We, we thought he was unconscious. So we just dragged him outside and sat him up at the door. Cause that's what happened. Was guy was dead. Right. So it was crazy. And the guy got five years mandatory here for that because he killed him one shot. Excellent episode. Thank you so much for your time. Why don't you quickly just give everybody one more time the web address for the new website? Okay, so uh, studyofviolence.com, www.studyofviolence.com. 
free courses. There's no catch. You don't have to enter an email to get access. It's yeah. right there. And, and awesome. don't just watch the videos. Yes. Read exactly. after. The whole videos are just an intro. Watch, read, read, read everything. The after. text is the meat. Yes. And, yeah. Don't look at my ugly face on video. <laughs> yes. I tell you right now, this is an amazing site. I cannot believe the level they put into this, knowing now that the meat of the course isn't in the parts that I watched. That's crazy to me. We're gonna jump over to Patreon for the after eight questions. So I'm gonna ask them eight much sillier questions than we just had now. We're gonna have a little bit more fun than like rape, anti-social violence. Wow, we're gonna go a little bit chill on the Patreon side and have some fun. But please join us over there if you can. If not, I hope you enjoyed this show. And don't forget studyofviolence.com. Also, if you like all these shows I'm putting out, please review them on iTunes. That's such a huge benefit to me because they go higher and higher up. So I'm done promoting. I feel really guilty saying, give me some money after they're giving away everything for free, but I got to eat too. <laughs> Maybe less, but I got to eat. All right, cool. We're going to jump over to Patreon. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Randy King live with and expect a bunch more of these. <laughs> <laughs>